Our final storyteller tonight is Jamie Bassman Ahart, an actress and a realtor with Keller Williams of Greater Des Moines, who had the very good sense, despite all of the bad decisions she may have made in her life, she'll share some of them with you, to return to her Iowa roots after a detour in Southern California. Thanks, sweetie. Everyone was pregnant. <laughs> Everyone. My sisters, my neighbors, my grandparents, <laughs> telemarketers, everyone on Facebook. And it was easy for all of them. They were all happy. They were all adorable. And they were all birthing beautiful, doe-eyed babies with the effortlessness of feral cats. <laughs> they were inundating my Instagram feed with their family pictures and matching outfits. They were shopping in my stores, riding my buses, and covering my fridge with their shower invitations and baby announcements. And I was never a bigger asshole. I behaved well. I was a rewards shopper at Babies R Us. I attended the showers. I held the little newborns. I commented lovingly on all the photos. And I was devastated. I cried. I, I hated myself for my awful, selfish thoughts that I was failing to control. I hated myself for still being married to an angry alcoholic who would rather have a root canal than a baby. Though part of me did delight in seeing the growing family's happiness with their babies, I was growing increasingly hopeless in my own rapidly vanishing fantasy of having my own happy family. I grew up with two loving, supportive, funny, smart, kind parents and three wonderful sisters. I was a rotten ingrate of a teen with no idea how much I had to be grateful for. My parents, with all the love on their faces, removed my bedroom door, <laughs> screwed my windows shut, <laughs> and followed me as I headed to the movies with an inappropriate bad boy or two. <laughs> they kept me alive, and though neither of us thought I was paying attention, they somehow managed to plant in me roots of family, love, honesty, and kindness that reemerged in adulthood. I love my family deeply, and I desperately wanted a family of my own. And I take care of living things. It's, it's what I do. I, I've rehomed countless strays. I, I've bottle-fed squirrels and let them live in my bathtub until they were well enough. I, I fed my little lop-eared bunny organic greens and took them in doll outfits to see Santa. I carried a little marsupial named Vinny in a pouch around my neck, and I have never fallen below my legal limit of dogs. I was the best aunt, nanny, babysitter, and neighbor to all of the children in my world. It just really seemed like I should get to be someone's mom. I'd had a couple of heartbreaks already. On my move home from Los Angeles to Des Moines, I'd had a miscarriage. It was very early, but not too soon for me to have run away nuts with what was to be. 
I had names and clothes and 1,700 miles to plan this child's life. I tried adoption. I, I felt no necessity for a genetic connection to the child. And about six months after being here, I broached adoption with my husband. He either agreed or grunted in a way I decided was affirmative, so I signed us up for foster and adoption classes at Children and Families of Iowa. The day the classes were to begin, he decided he wasn't going. <laughs> he said that adopted children would always want their real parents, and he didn't care for the competition. I went anyway. I filled out all the forms, and I sat through about five weeks of classes before it dawned on me that I either needed to get my husband on board or get him out of the house. I, I couldn't bring a child into a home where one parent didn't want them. I tried fostering. I, I had thought I'd be incapable of supporting reunification for a child that had been removed from a parent, but about a year after the adoption classes, I was doing a show at Simon Estes Amphitheater downtown, Shakespeare, when I met a mother and her two young boys who were living under the bridge on East First and Locust. I started taking the boys to do fun things on the weekends, and that turned into sleepovers, and before long, the boys had moved in with us. My husband did really well, considering. He, he seemed to like having the boys to do boy things with, as long as he wasn't responsible for keeping them alive. <laughs> About a year and a half later, the boys were successfully reunified with their mother. That's what DHS said. I was pretty heartbroken to have them go. Again, I, I had crafted my own impossible fantasy about how this was supposed to go. Again, I decided I knew how this story was supposed to end. Again, I felt I had been foiled by the universe. With each passing day alone in my marriage, I was in a conflict that had escalated into a war between my, my head and my heart, my fantasy and the reality. I'm no genius, but I was smart enough to know that I had no business having a family with this man. Not only didn't he want that, he really didn't seem to be that attached to me. His drinking was out of control and we had very different values. I just couldn't transform him into anything approaching the kind of man my dad was. Looking back, I think a large part of the reason I hung on so long is that I felt like I was giving up the idea of someone I could have kids with. If I got a divorce at my geriatric age of pushing 40, I would never be a parent. Took me a couple more years of increasing unhappiness to decide that I didn't want to waste any more of my one precious life this unhappy, no matter what. Whatever I was giving up in the process, I would have to let go. And somehow, I did. I don't remember how I got the courage, but I remember where we were. I was at the top of the staircase, and he had stomped down it. I told him he needed to pick a date to move out, and this time I was prepared for each one of his rebuttals. We got to a date. Now, all I had to do was hold my ground until we got to it. With a lot of help from my wonderful family, I did that. I also found him an apartment, paid the deposit in first month's rent, and drove him there, but <laughs> whatever. I got him out. <laughs> I, I was so 
relieved and exhausted and worried that removing him would leave me alone with the possibility that I really did suck, like he told me, and now I would never have the family that I craved. I'd been sober about 10 years at that time, so climbing into a bottle wasn't an option. I did the next logical thing to get out of my own head. I got into someone else's. I said yes to every show I was asked to do from then into the future. I was working back to back. I was doing murder mysteries, voiceovers, commercials, and I had booked two plays. I was so happy to be working and have a constructive outlet for my pain. One of the plays was once again downtown at Simon Estes. Again, it was Shakespeare. Uh, I was beginning tech for this show and had another show starting rehearsal the day that one was to close, and my phone rang. It was a young lady that I didn't know. Our, our families had some through lines, so I was able to connect the dots when she introduced herself. Before I was able to process the connection, she informed me that she was pregnant and asked me if I would like to adopt a baby. I disclosed that I was single and lived in abject poverty. <laughs> I assumed this would kill the deal, as I was still under the lingering impression that I needed a husband to be a mother, and I hadn't yet realized that I made a decent living when there wasn't anyone drinking it. <laughs> she was unmoved. Surprised by this, I asked her when she was due. Wednesday, she answered. <laughs> I immediately started spinning. Where would I set the baby during performances? Who are baby's favorite playwrights? How do you care for a baby? Was I capable? Was it wrong to purposely bring a baby into a single parent household? Why hadn't I filed for divorce by now? I assume all of these answers are in one of those what to expect books, but I'd never read one. I asked this young lady if it would be okay if I called her back the next day, and she said yes. So I finished rehearsal for the night, and I spent about six hours trying to know the right answer, and then I made some calls. I wanted to call people that I knew would have the best interest of this child at heart and that I trusted would tell me the truth. I called my mom and dad, my brother-in-law Jim, and my best friend Tom. I asked them all what they thought about purposely bringing a baby into a single parent situation and if they thought I was capable of being the wonderful parent this baby deserved. They all gave me the same answer. Five days later, I had the privilege of catching my little fast pitch from heaven, cutting the umbilical cord and naming him. There has never been anything but clarity from us and from everyone who knows us that I was meant to be this little man's mama and he was meant to be my son. Although it can be messy, it is divine and perfect. I decided it would be Eli and me until he was 18. I didn't want to bring men into his life if I wasn't sure I wanted to keep them and I had no confidence in what must have been a broken picker. Now, this wasn't a sacrifice, it was a choice. My life was full. I had a, a few very good friends, animals, a wonderful family, and a crazy, bright, funny, happy child. There wasn't anyone in Eli's life that I didn't love having in mine. This has never changed. What did change is that my best friend and I fell in love.
It was a scoop of perfect on my already perfect Sunday. He's a wonderful man, and he's known and loved and been around Eli from the beginning. He's seen all my warts and loves me anyway. <laughs> we were married July 17, 2017. Tom took vows to both of us. We moved into a house we bought the same month. Eli began asking us when we were going to get him a brother or a sister. <laughs> Here's where the batter smacks another pop fly into the outfield. <laughs> In October of 2017, I got a distress text from my mom explaining that a family she'd known for some time was in trouble. The parents, two hardworking, kind, honest immigrants, had been picked up by ICE, dropping their younger daughter off at school. I knew them, so I called until I reached the mother. She was beside herself. They had jailed her husband and given her two weeks to return to Guatemala, a country she'd fled after her first husband was murdered there. Tom and I helped her formulate a plan. She was clear the younger daughter was too young to be apart from her, but she had a 16-year-old she was heartbroken about. Her older daughter, Jennifer, has a case in good standing with the courts and is desperately wanting to finish high school and attend college here. A week later, mom and the two girls came to our house with a proposal. If we would allow Jennifer to stay with us, she could sleep on the floor in the basement, clean house, and do work to earn her keep. <laughs> she clearly didn't know us very well. <laughs> I said I would talk to Tom, who was on his way home. When he got home, I introduced him to the girls, and I told him I needed to ask him something privately. <laughs> we started up the stairs, and before I even got the idea all the way out, we'd agreed that we both very much wanted Jennifer to stay with us and sealed the deal with a high five. <laughs> we both thought that when you're in the first quarter of your first year of marriage, it's a good idea to get a teenager to make sure you're on solid ground. <laughs> we told Eli that his request for a brother or a sister had been answered. He said he really wanted a brother and learned a good lesson about being specific. <laughs> My life is beyond perfect. And I see now, with clarity, something that was so hard for me to understand. The harder I hung on to some things in hopes that they would change, the more closed off I was to the gifts that were just waiting for me. The lesson I want to share with you is that if you are desperately trying to pound a square peg into a round hole somewhere in your life, stop. Breathe. Have faith. The universe has unimaginable gifts just waiting for us when we're open to receiving them and able to let go of what we think they should look like. I am beyond happy to be a mama and a wife. I am happy to be happy. What do you call two Catholics, two Jews, a celiac, a vegetarian, two carnivores, and three dogs? My family. <laughs> Thank you.